Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters, where money talks and bullshit walks. My name is Matt, and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, how are you and what are you drinking today? Uh, I am awesome, and I actually have nothing, not even water right now. You're, am, you're going bone dry. That's right. Really? I, you know, I, I, I have, like I think, 25 milliliters of water. Almost oh, a little over eight ounces. According to my Camelback, <laughs> so, that's a good episode amount, right there. Yeah, I think it's perfect amount of sipping water. Uh, so before we get started today, if you have a question about personal finance, email us. Email us your questions. ListenMoneyMatters at gmail dot com. We really want to hear from you guys, and we're getting a ton of emails, and we will answer all of them, or Andrew will answer all of them. <laughs> he is a he is a much better writer than I am, and we have. A catchphrase that, that we like to say at the beginning of the show, today's catchphrase, money talk, bullshit walks. That was for me, but we want you to send them in. We've had some before, but we need more. You can email them at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com or send them more. more. Uh, we'd like you to send them via Twitter, and our, our account is at moneymattersman. Again, we really want to hear from you guys, and if you have questions, we would love to answer them on the show. Today, we have a guest. Her name is Miranda Marquit. She is a prolific writer and professional blogger, and you can find her at MirandaMarquit.com. Check that out. She writes about personal finance, small business, and beginner investing. She's also a frequent contributor to WiseBread, a very good site, WiseBread.com. And she wrote a book called Confessions of a Professional Blogger, How I Make Money as an Online Writer. Miranda how are you today, and are you drinking anything? <laughs> I'm doing okay, and I am drinking water, but I got a little crazy and squeezed a little bit of lime in it. Mmm. Have you ever put cucumbers in your water? I have not. I, That's interesting. Yeah, I, I know people do it like at spas and stuff. I want to start putting cucumbers in my water because I love cucumber. Yeah, huh. I should start it's doing that. that. I've done watermelon in my water. And, you know, watermelon and cucumbers are, like, kind of related. Yeah. Part yes. of the melon family. Yes. And I've, I've done watermelon in my water, but cucumber, that might be good. I've never tried watermelon. Now I want to try that. <laughs> Actually, you could put a little lime on your watermelon. Next time you have watermelon, put a little lime on your watermelon. Really? Yeah, that's good. What, is that, what does it do? It just You just squeeze a little lime juice on it, a little fresh lime juice, and it just kind of adds a little twist to your watermelon. It's really good. I am definitely trying that. I'm definitely, especially in the summer, that would be awesome. Yeah, it's a really good summertime kind of dessert. Cool. Well, today we're going to talk about the importance of an emergency fund. And we've talked about emergency funds before on the show, but we wanted to get a professional on to talk about it. And you write a lot about uh, emergency funds and the importance of them. But before you go into that, I want you to tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do, especially in personal finance. Okay, so um, I, um, well, I'm a freelance writer. Mm -hmm. I, I got my journalism degree from Syracuse University. And um, after I finished that up, I, I started writing. I started writing online. I wanted to work from home. I wanted that kind of freedom of that home business, staying out of the office kind of thing. And so um, I started writing from home, started writing online. And um, I had, I was writing for science publications, actually. I was a science writer. Really? And, yeah, in my former life, I was a physics major. And so um, so I thought, well, when I got my journalism degree, I just thought, you know, I'll write about science. And so um, but I was writing about science, and somebody asked me if I could write for a corporate blog, if I could write about money, if I could write about retirement. And 
you know, I said, sure. And, you know, pretty soon everything snowballed and um, allbusiness.com asked me to write their personal finance corner. And I kind of had my little, you know, personal finance come on the web and, and, you know, started writing about personal finance and became a personal finance columnist over there. And since then, I've just been writing about money most of the time. It, it just kind of turned into turn into my niche, my, my calling, I guess, in life. Were you um, always good with personal finance? Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, my parents, you know, told me that I should save, you know, save money and spend less than I earned. But, uh-huh. you know, I went to college and was stupid and, uh, you know, maxed out credit cards and went on road trips and, and did stupid things. So, um, you know, but... But, you know, being a personal finance writer really helped me, you know, learn more about what I needed to do and bring myself kind of back on track. And and now I feel like I know, you know, a lot about personal finance, or at least I know a lot about writing about personal finance, right? Well, that's, I mean, that's interesting. So you started out like, you know, like we do. I mean, I, I did it. Andrew didn't start out that way or doesn't continue to be that way. Andrew was sm- a lot smarter. Uh, <laughs> but you... I mean, you, you started writing about a subject, and it forced you to learn about it, and then you became better at it. Yes, Are yes. you still in debt? Um, well, I have, I have student loans, and uh-huh. a mortgage, and a car loan. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, you know, all those credit cards I maxed out in college have been taken care of. So Awesome. Are you, now, now, we want to talk about emergency funds. Do you have um, an emergency fund yourself? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, what now? So, I mean, you write about it, but I mean, why do you think emergency funds are so important for people to have? Well, an emergency fund is, you know, a way to kind of self-insure yourself against uh, the way, you know, life's unexpected expenses, whether it's, you know, your car breaking down and you need it, and you need to take care of that or an appliance breaking down or, or just, you know, any number of, you know, things uh, like it, it's just good to have some something to fall back on these these expenses that come out of nowhere and it's also important for income as well when you start looking at like the way the economy is the way the job market has changed since the financial crisis i mean we're really moving toward this kind of uh, temporary kind of economy where you can't really expect to have a job for the next 30 years and and a pension at the end of it you know, you're likely to get laid off or have to change careers or, you know, go through these financial difficulties and an emergency fund can really help you shore up your finances so that, yeah, if you do have to spend a couple months looking for a new job, you know, you're, you're not completely destitute and your financial, your emergency fund can help your finances kind of get through that. And so, you know, and it provides peace of mind as well. Um, one of the big stresses many people have is money. And what are they going to do? And what happens if this unexpected expense comes up? You know, having my emergency fund, you know, I don't, I don't have to worry about if, you know, I need to run my son to the emergency room or if I need to, um, you know, buy a new washing machine because, you know, my 10 year old machine has finally died. Right. You know, I don't have to, you know, worry that that is going to ruin my finances for this month because I have an emergency fund. And so it's kind of this, you know, and and like a little more than three years ago, our basement flooded, you know? Mm. And so having that emergency fund and being able to to fall back on that, you know, to, you know, pay for, 
you know, carpet and clean up and a sump pump so this doesn't happen again. Um, it, it was good to have the emergency fund to know that I was not going to have to be stressed about where this money was coming from. Right. So, but you're considering these emergencies as stuff that happens in your home and your personal life. And you mentioned the, the like not having jobs. I don't think their job security really exists anymore. Right. In today's economy. So, no. <laughs> you know, that, that leads me to think, well, what kind of, how much money do you think you should keep in an emergency fund? Because, you know, having an emergency fund for when you lose your job is a much bigger account than, you know, let's say if your washing machine breaks. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the rule of thumb for years has been you should have six months worth of expenses, you know, so you should be able to cover your expenses for the next six months with what is in your emergency fund. Um, since the financial crisis, a lot of you know, experts and gurus have kind of expanded that to say, you know, try and, and make it so you have nine to 12 months worth of expenses. And that can be very daunting because, you know, I mean, if you make, you know, if you, if you spend $3,000 a month to keep your household running, I mean, six months, that's $18,000. Yeah, it's a lot. So, that's, so that's, that's a very daunting task. So I think really important thing is to just kind of get started, start building up your emergency fund. And also part of this emergency financial emergency preparedness is, is understanding what your other resources are. Because, you know, if you're laid off, I mean, you can turn, I mean, nobody likes to think about, oh, well, I have to go to the government, you know, be on the dole. But the reality is, is yes, there are unemployment benefits and those can help supplement your emergency fund if you, you know, if you haven't built it up quite as much as you would like. Um, you know, there are there are food pantries, there are charitable organizations. If you belong to a religion, many congregations have ways to help, you know, their congregants. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and so, you know, while you do want to build up your emergency fund and your ultimate goal should be, you know, taking care of yourself and your own finances, the reality is, is when you first start building up that emergency fund, you may, you know, you may not you're not going to be able to just magically have $18,000 in your emergency fund, you know, in two months, you know, for most of us, that's not going to happen. Right. So, so you do need to look around at these other resources, look at where you can cut back on your own budget and make that decision. Now look at your expenses and say, well, what are the least important things? If I had to cut back, what could I, you know, get rid of right now today to reduce my expenses and then look at these other resources so that your emergency fund can, you know, kind of stretch a little bit if you haven't quite built it up. So how do you recommend people build it up? Because you, like you said, you're not going to have $18,000 overnight and right. you got to so, start somewhere. Yeah. So I think, I think the important thing is to just start. I mean, I, you know, figure out, they say, they say, experts say that you waste between 10% and 15% of your household income each month. You waste it? You waste it, yes. For like so, an example, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so so I mean, take a step back and look at your 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 household expenses. I mean, where where are you wasting money? What what are you spending on? That's really kind of a waste. And I and I always like to start there um, and say, well, you know, if, if you make three thousand dollars a month, chances are you're wasting three hundred dollars a month. You know, if you're wasting ten percent of your income. Mm -hmm. So where is that going? Um, so you know. Start out by looking at that and, and start saving that. Set that aside, you know, put it in an account so that it can grow and kind of be out of, you know, out of your reach. 
Um, but I think the most important thing is to get in that habit of saving and setting money aside. So start there by looking at, you know, where can I cut back? And then also look at, you know, where can I make a little extra money? Uh, you talked about, you know, how job security no longer exists. So, you know, we need to really start thinking about income diversity mm-hmm. and where we're getting this income. Can you start kind of a little side gig? You don't have to, you know, turn it into your day job if you don't want to replace your day job, but, you know, get a little extra income, look for ways to make a little extra money and set that toward your emergency fund so you can start building it up. And Miranda, also, I'm, yeah. I'm curious. Uh, so uh, you have, I'm guessing you have an emergency fund, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how, how big is your emergency fund and, and like, how did you decide upon that size? Yeah. So, um, I just sort of, I, I don't have it as big as I would like it quite yet. So <laughs> my emergency fund is probably big enough to cover about, um, five months worth of expenses for me. Um, pretty big though. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh, and I just started out by saying I am going to put, you know, I, when I first started out, I didn't have a, you know, ton of money to set aside. So I'm putting a hundred dollars in this account every month and I made it an automatic transfer and it's automatic. It's important. This is a top priority for my finances. And if I have to skip out on cable TV, then I'll do that because it's more important for me to build up my emergency fund. So that's kind of the way I approached it. And then as I started making more money, as I started redoing my finances, I could contribute more each month to my emergency fund. So I started small and it was really kind of sad. You know, you're like a hundred dollars a month isn't going to make a huge difference if three months later you're struck by an emergency. Right. But well, did this emergency fund, are you saving till infinity? Is, is there like a, a, a goal to the size of your emergency funds? See, I personally am saving to infinity because my emergency fund is a little different. I keep my the bulk of my emergency fund in a taxable investment account. It's invested in an S&P 500 index ETF. Okay, so I, I could definitely resonate with that. I keep most of my money as well in, in an investable, uh, in an investment account. So, so I, I'm so, curious, like, uh, do you do you keep a certain amount in cash for your emergency fund? Like, yeah, I have about three wor- weeks worth of expenses in a high yield savings account that's very liquid that I can just get to quickly. So if something happens immediately or, you know, something were to happen and I needed to take, you know, cause you, you know, if you, if you keep most of your money in a taxable investment account, you know that it takes a few days for your transaction to go through and clear. And then you got to transfer the money to your bank and it can take like a week, right? Yeah. And it takes a little <laughs> bit of your soul when you have to sell, you know, that thing yeah. that's doing really good. So, so what I do is I actually um, keep, I do, I keep a, about three works, weeks worth of expenses inside this liquid account so that if something does happen and strikes me immediately, I can get to that money quickly and then take, and if it's a big emergency, I can take the time to go through the process of selling what I need to sell. And usually I actually try to sell something I'm losing. You know, so I, I kind of mm-hmm. try and look for something. I try and sell when it's been losing. Harvest um, those tax deductions. Yes. <laughs> so that, and that's that's actually what happened when, when the basement flooded. I mentioned that earlier is, is I was, you know, everybody's like, oh, but the market's so bad right now. And I'm like, I know, it's great. I'm going to sell this money. I'm going to have cash <laughs> to take care of my basement. And I'm getting a tax deduction for it. So, you know, it was fantastic. Well, not really, but, you know. 
as fantastic as it could be in that situation. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, if you're going to just keep it in a high yield savings account where you're not really earning a lot of money, then yeah, I would say I'm going to make a goal and I'm going to, you know, because if you save to infinity in a, in a high yield savings account, you're just, I mean, you know, you're going to, that's a little crazy. Yeah. You're going to lose to inflation. So I'm curious though, how did you arrive at that like three week, um, threshold? Like why not four weeks? Why not eight weeks? Why not two weeks? Yeah. So I wanted at least one week, right? Because I wanted to make sure I'd be able to have the time to sell and invest, you know, sell the investment and then get the money into my account. I wanted to make sure I had that time. But then I thought about it and a week didn't seem like, you know, quite enough. You know, what if something else came up? What if there was an issue? So then I was like, well, maybe two weeks would be good. Um, and then, and then I just kind of thought, well, let's do three weeks because that's enough money that if I need to do a big chunk, like right now up front, I can get it out and that's enough money for me to handle most things. Um, but then, you know, I was, four weeks I was looking at, it, I'm like, that's a lot of money to be sitting in this high yield bank account losing in real terms to inflation. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, so, so I hit. So I was just kind of, you know, what was I comfortable with? Because I, I, you know, I was personal finances, personal to everybody, and so I was like, what am I comfortable with? And one week didn't seem like enough. Two weeks didn't seem quite enough. Three weeks seemed like, yeah, that's a good chunk that I can call on if I need it. But four weeks was, I was like, that's too much to be sitting in that that account. I'm like, that's too much. That's my money's not being used efficiently in that account. I'm, you know, three weeks is good, and I'll put the, you know, and then I'll keep contributing to this taxable investment account. So that, that begs the question, um, what do you classify as an emergency, you know, where it's coming out of these three weeks or, or, you know, does it require a larger savings plan? Like how do you draw the line? Yeah. And that's, that's a tough one. Um, but you know, yeah, what I look at as an emergency is it, it has to be unexpected um, it, and it, and it has to be something that I actually need to take care of. Um, and it has to be a true need, you know, it can't be, you know, TV or something. Yeah, the right. TV, the TV broke. What are we going to do for the next, you know, two months while we save up money to buy a new TV? Right. Oh, well, let's just dip into the emergency savings and get a TV. Yeah, no, right. you know, <laughs> that's not going to happen. The refrigerator though, <laughs> the refrigerator goes down then yeah we need to get out there and get a refrigerator today yeah and that's and that's money that i would need to take from the savings account because it's very liquid and i need the money right now um if i were to lose a big freelance writing client um then you know i have enough of a cushion in my checking account that i would just be like all right so um if i you know i'll sell some stock and you know get enough to get me through this month and I'll look for a new client. Mm -hmm. So it, it really kind of, you know, depends on where we're at and, you know, what, what's going on and what the true, you know, emergency is. And chances are, you know, too, if, if I lost a major client and a source of income, I'd also say, well, we need to cut back on certain expenses before I start, you know, I'm not going to maintain this lifestyle with a lower income you know, that's not sustainable. So we'll need to cut back on expenses until I can replace the income. And in the meantime, we'll shore up with, you know, this emergency fund. 
I want to get specific about how you manage your emergency fund. So you mentioned a high yield savings account mm-hmm. that you said was accessible. So you're not talking about an online high yield savings account. You're talking about like your bank down the street. No, it is an online one. Okay. But it's got a debit card. It's, I it's, see. So it's got a it's got an ATM card attached to it. So um, and and then they don't charge you know they don't charge me the ATM fees. So I can go down to the ATM, pull out the cash, and then go into my bank down the street and put it in my checking account. I see. And what uh, do you recommend? Any specific online savings accounts? Um, not really. I personally have mine at the uh, Capital One Three Sixty, the former ING, because uh-huh. I've had it there forever and. I'm too lazy to chase yield. So, um, especially when they're not that huge of a difference, but I know a lot of people, um, like ally and a lot of, you know, I know a lot of people like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have like a huge recommendation as far as I'm concerned. A lot of them are fairly similar. Andrew, do you have three capital one, three sixty? Uh, you know, I used to, cause I had uh, ING direct, uh, right. But then Fidelity offers me uh, uh, no fees on all ATMs and foreign transaction things. So I, I kind of migrated over that way. But that's online, right? Oh, uh, yeah. All online, no physical branches or anything. Uh, I wouldn't go in anyways. See, I think, branch. yeah, I, I don't even know. I have Ally because I'm not allowed back at Capital 1360 anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? I. <laughs> I yelled when, when back when they were ING Direct. I had their electric checking, and I yelled at the guy on the phone one day. This is a long time ago, like five or six years ago. Like I, I think I like said something about his mom. I, it, it was just got ugly, and I've I've been blacklisted, and I still to this day, even though it's been like maybe six or seven years, I still they won't give me an account at all. So I had to go with Ally, and I have an emergency fund sitting there of about like a thousand dollars. So. I would maybe like a three weeks of my expenses and I don't have a ATM card and I'm not sure I can get one through them. Oh yeah. I'd have to, I'm going to have to go look into that. Cause I, I thought about, you know, it's high yield. So it's a 0.9%. I mean, as high as yield as that is nowadays. Right. Uh, I mean, it used to be much higher, but I, I don't, yeah, it's not liquid for me. I mean, it takes three to four days for it to transfer into my checking account, which, you know, if it's an emergency emergency, like the refrigerator, I, I, I can't, I don't have access to it in four days and all my food's going to go bad. Right. So right. yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. And you mentioned that you have, you keep the rest of it in a, uh, an investment account. Yes. What kind of investment account? Like, what do you, like, well, they'll tell me. Yeah. So though so I have it with, I have it with share builder. Yeah, I know. Um, why, what, what does that mean? Yeah, I know. Cause I have a share builder account too. Yeah. I'm just too late. Well, you know, I mean, shareholders not like the best in terms of like fees. You can find lower fees, but I'm just too lazy to move it around. And I opened it, you know, with a free kind of, you know, where they give you that free money they put in yeah, there. Yeah, right. I got the yeah. same thing. <clears throat> and you know, I haven't switched it out, but um, but I probably won't. I mean, I've been happy with it. The automatic investment plan was really easy to set up and really easy to use, and it's just automatically every month money gets transferred from my checking account into into that account. And so it's divided up. I've got a couple of dividend stocks in there, but most of it is um most of it's invested in in a uh S&P 500 index fund. Uh yeah. ETF. Yeah. It's not an index fund, it's an index ETF. And um and most of it's in that because, you know, I mean that's about as safe as you can go 
was stocked, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have, like I said, I have a couple of uh, dividend stocks there, you know, with the drips so that it's automatically, the, the dividends are automatically reinvested. Um, so, so I have a couple, you know, of those in there as well. And um, that way it gives me some options so I can sell something when it's losing. Did you build those? Did you pick those yourself or did it, the automatic builder do it for you? Um, I picked them myself. Okay. You know, I went through and I, I, I like dividend aristocrats. And so I just looked at the dividend aristocrats list and um, looked at, you know, a couple that I thought would be nice to have and uh, picked those. So <laughs> put those in. And right. I'm, I'm, I'm real technical here, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I... You know, it, it works and, you know, it's been doing well for me, so. And have you, know. you had to, you mean you mentioned the basement. Has there been any other things that have popped up recently? Uh, no. Uh, no, mostly just the basement. That's so, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I, am, I am fortunate in that a lot of the time the cushion I have in my checking account is enough to take care of something that's, you know, if it's like $500 or less. Mm-hmm. The cushion I have in my checking account is usually enough to take care of, you know, you know, most of those types of small emergencies. How do you feel about changing? Instead of calling it an emergency, an emergency fund, we call it a cash cushion. Oh yeah, nice. I'm all about alliteration. <laughs> cash cushion, yeah, that's catchy. <laughs> and I mean, I think it's because it, emergency has that negative connotation to it, and I think I don't know if people would like to put money towards an emergency because it's almost like insurance. Yeah. You know? Although the nice thing about, you know, having the cash cushion (laughs) for your self-insurance is that, you know, at least you get to keep all the money. It's not going in, you know, to this hole, to this company that you may or may not get a benefit from. At least with the, you know, cash cushion, you, you know, it's growing on your behalf and you can use it later on. Right. Well, I mean, to wrap things up, I wanted to say one thing. Do you know how to eat an elephant? <laughs> one bite at a time. There you go. And the reason <laughs> the reason I wanted to say that is because, you know, my dad always tells it to me whenever I start a big project. And I consider this building an emergency fund or ca- cash cushion a, a, it's a project. Yes. And you just have to start. And yes, you're not going to get eighteen thousand dollars or nine months of or nine to twelve months of expenses in your account overnight. But if you start and do a little bit at a time, one bite at a time, eventually you'll have an, you'll have money in there, and you'll say, "Oh, this is this is great." And that's exactly what I did with my emergency fund. I just put fifty dollars in a month, I think, and then and I just kind of had it automatically withdraw from my checking into my Ally account, and then. I, whenever I could donate, or I wouldn't donate. Whenever I could contribute a little bit more, I would contribute more. Or and then I, once I was making a little bit more money, I upped it to a hundred dollars a month, and then I did a hundred dollars every two weeks, and eventually I had like a couple thousand dollars in there, and that's my emergency fund. And I never stopped; I just keep it going, right? Which is which I think is important. So, uh, Miranda, I I want to thank you for ha- coming on the show today and talking about this, uh, and especially giving us the specifics of. What an emergency really is, how much to like all the specifics of building one of these emergency funds. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. And I want you to start writing and using the words cash cushion instead of emergency fund. All oh, right, okay, cash cushion. <laughs> and you got to give me credit for that because I mean, 
and I, like I said, I'm a sucker for alliteration. But no, uh, no, seriously, thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you for having me. All right, so guys, everyone, thanks for hanging out with us today. And remember, if you have any questions uh, you'd like us to answer about anything, could be emergency funds, could be anything, email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. The reviews are super helpful, and it helps us to grow and bring you the show for free consistently. Also, we always talk about a free money management tool called Mint. Miranda, do you use Mint? I do not. You do not. <laughs> do you use any other online tool? Um, I use. I actually use a program called Money Dance, which is the closest thing you can get to Quicken 2005 for the Mac. Ah, okay. So you're, <laughs> is it an online computer thing or is it uh, a program? It's, it's my desktop. So I see. I'm well, old school like that. <laughs> that's that's fine. You know what Min is, right? Oh, oh gosh, yes. You have yes. to. I think you're if you're in personal finance. So it's free. And Andrew and I wrote a book called Mastering Mint, which you can find at MasteringMint.com. So just enter the promo code podcast and you'll get $5 off that book. And last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance, money management, we're always writing new stuff and posting up new episodes of this show at ListenMoneyMatters.com. And Miranda, where else can people find you online? Uh, well, I... Do write for allbusiness.com. Mm-hmm. And then also my personal finance website is plantingmoneyseeds.com. And, you know, I'm on Facebook and Twitter. Excellent. Because who isn't? And what's your Twitter handle? At M Markwit. Excellent. We shall be Twittering with each other. That's what they used to call it before tweeting was a word. That's right. Twittering. So that's now it, guys. together, right? Yeah, right. So that's it. Miranda, thanks again for hanging out with us. Thank you. And we look forward to the next episode. Later, Andrew. Later, man. 